Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. The Crit Show contains elements of horror, fantasy violence, and adult language. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. socks are this way but the socks that i buy have such drastically different options of like the cut like oh crew or ankle or no show or and they're all fractions of a centimeter different but they like fit differently especially ones that are like below the ankle or also no show i have been slowly driving myself to madness because i have always bought the same height mm-hmm. and accidentally apparently bought two others oh no and they're all mixed up now Oh, so no. I will grab a pair of socks and put them on and one like sits on my ankle and the other one is, you know, down at my heel. I can't fathom. There is a substantial chunk of the population who just wear socks that aren't the same. I uh, uh, no, I, I know like people who wear two different colors on, you know, one on one foot, one on the other, like two different cuts. And like that blows my mind. I mean, I understand two different colors like that's yeah. just like being fancy but two different cuts of a sock is seems very strange. yeah that i can't do i do i do have socks that are the same cut same same everything except they're different colors and i will wear the different colors and i have a system uh if i'm feeling particularly like not aggressive in a day but like if we're gonna come in to <laughs> record and i'm like it was gonna be like a fight day or something yeah. you know within the recording i wear the red sock on my my right foot, because it's like my more dominant foot, oh, huh. and then my the blue sock on my left foot, um, and that's just a thing because the fiery red is like it's time to kick some ass because yeah. that's what I'd kick with. But then if it's like no, it's gonna be a chill day, I switch it. And it's blue on the right foot. And I red thought on the other for sure this was about to be a setup to a punchline, no. and it's just a meaningless story. Thank it you. is. <laughs> I'm just, hey, I'm just saying. I wear the different colored socks. They're the same cut though. I can't even. I can't fuck with different colored socks. If I have the like two identical pairs of socks, but one is slightly more dingy, I can't even have like a fresher sock yeah. and a dingier sock. Like yeah, I've got to yeah. find the two closest to the same degree of dinginess and put them together. Well, so if you were to walk into my bedroom now, it looks like the beginnings. Like it's. I'm starting to unravel because <laughs> every morning when I go to put socks on, and inevitably one doesn't match, I throw it in a pile in the corner with the kind that I think it goes with. And then I keep pulling out pairs of socks and trying on until I find two that match. Here's what you should do. What's your budget like right now? Like, how's your how's your financials? Oh, shoestring. Okay, perfect. So donate all of them. Yeah. And just go buy, start, just start over. over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid to, though, because I don't know if I remember the kind that I want because I keep thinking I'm buying the kind that I want and they're not. <laughs> Rev, have you considered sandals? Just like... Get rid of the entire sock debacle entirely. My big toe looks like Tweety Bird because it's I don't have a toenail. (laughs) And so it just looks like Tweety Bird's head. Mm. And the other toe is kind of a horror show also. So perhaps a clog then a clog, maybe a nice crock. 
I feel like you all are missing the obvious solution here, which is sock garters. And oh, I love a sock garter. Have them attach and then be at various lengths, but your socks will be held up the same. Could I get away with sock garters with shorts? Yes. yes. To me, yes. What do you mean, get away with? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know what I need to buy for Gen Con as we prep, so. <laughs> Beach day. <laughs> Beach day. Sock garters. <laughs> oh, it's time to let the recap roll. And there's this odd distortion, this odd twisting of space. Your ears pop, and then you're looking at the ship from the side where she had been sitting. Would this count as a new land creature or phenomenon? Stories are occurring to you of this person that had been beheaded and a few years later showed up again. And then he'd been impaled and showed up a few years later. And over and over again, all of these different deaths had befallen him and yet still he seems to remain. So what occurs to you instantly a being like this, doing a thing to kill her isn't going to work. More or less in unison, you have to do all of the things to kill her. Stake her in the heart with a wooden stake, behead her, and rip out her vampire fangs at the same time. You know you have to do this because of how strong she is, how fast she regenerates, that given enough time, if you don't do all three at once, she will regenerate. But if she's able to feed, she will regenerate much, much faster. That thought occurs to you as she grabs onto one of the survivors and digs her fangs into their neck. You've all just watched as Pepper Anson has magically changed places with Kim, putting herself onto the ship and skittered across the deck to grab one of the Shoreman prisoners and start to bite down on their neck. I want to spin my auntie. Okay, what do you want to do? I want to trip her up before she can feed. What are you thinking? I think it's quite literal. I think I see her running towards this guy and like look down at where the ship has taken some damage from a stalactite. That's the ceiling one, yep. right? I see where one of the deck boards is loose and I like stomp on my end of it <laughs> so the other end comes up and like literally trips her. You just yes. turtles in timed her and that <laughs> makes me so happy. Yes, absolutely. And this board trips her up, smacks her off course and she tumbles against the rail. With your description of her condition, I imagine her going in to bite one of these people, like sinking her top fangs into them and then picking up her lower jaw with her hand and pressing it against the bottom. <laughs> Grabbing her tongue with a hand and like <laughs> like like a paintbrush lapping oh, up the blood. <laughs> a lot of people with no jaws in this arc of the show. What what can you say? Tass has a fetish. I guess so. It's because we're so jaw droppingly amazing. <laughs> End of episode. Star <laughs> wipe. End of crit show. A rare three minute episode. Kim. Where the hell did she go? She's on the ship. I'm going to start running towards the ship. You can certainly see a flurry of activity as the shoreman prisoners are just scattering. Uh, a few of them like running down below deck. Uh, one or two jump off the side just to get away from Pepper. I want to try to get all of the prisoners secure on the ship like in a way that she can't just grab them and eat them real quick. Okay, yeah. How so? Uh, I'm going to take some of these boards that have gotten busted from 
again, the ship taking damage and kind of like wedge them in and cover the door frame so she can't just get through to where they are, kind of create a barricade. Okay, would this be, it's like it's sort of a dirty trick, but not really? You're more kind of protecting them than tricking her. Could this alternatively be a break out? Because like you are removing them from one physical space to another one that is safe? I could buy that, that it is, you know, you're breaking them out of this fight, of this battle. You're getting them down to the next level. Yeah, I like that. It's also a break in because she's stuffing them into a room that they're not currently in. That's true. So go ahead and roll this break in slash out. I think. Okay. Technically, into the, but out of, yeah, you know. Into the room, out of danger. I'm about to break something. (laughs) The fourth wall. Yeah, I sure am. That's a five. Okay. So I think you grab a few pieces of the, like the broken pieces of ship, and you start jamming these in here as you're ushering the shoreman through the door. And one of them stops to help you and like picks up another piece of wood and comes up behind you to um, like help set it in and puts a hand on your shoulder, like nodding encouragingly. And as you turn back to finish the work, he sinks his fangs into your neck. Oh no! And you take two points of damage. No, she doesn't because I'm spinning my theatrics hold. What happens? Yeah, so my my last hold uh, is swoop in and save your soulmate from a danger. (laughs) Okay, so I think... You're able to watch this as you're running up and getting onto the ship that this guy's helping. And as Megan is facing the other way, you watch his fangs extend as he's about to lean in. Uh, Yeah, uh, I want to take swoop really literally. Uh, I want to grab a rope uh, from the rigging and uh, swing by and then just like with both of my boots, just boot this guy in the chest away from (laughs) Megan. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely you do. And he goes careening into the water. He was a vampire. He was going to bite you. Yeah, I almost got got. Oh my gosh, thank you. You're welcome. Are you okay? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm not going to get this door fixed though. I was trying to keep her out from everyone, but there's just, there's not enough here. I can't do it. Landara, you were running right along with Kim, so safe to say that you have gotten on deck at the same time and watched this dope maneuver. Um, and Pepper Anson is up against the railing, twisting around to find her foes. I'm going to reach into my bag again and hurl a glass bottle at her. Get into a scrap, Yeah, okay. I suppose. Fair. Ten. All right. You can uh, take the ante or avoid harm. I will avoid harm. Okay. And what have you thrown? Uh, she, is, uh, she is covered in whiskey. Oh, no, not the whiskey. Interesting. Interesting. I can't imagine where this goes from here, <laughs> but interesting. Uh, yeah, it shatters over her, and you see a few cuts in her already charred flesh um, that already are starting to heal up a little. Uh, Jake, you see this bottle of whiskey shatter over Pepper. What's going on? I mean, I love matches. I've 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 expressed how much I enjoy having these and using them. I heard that about you. <laughs> so I will light a match, and you know, monkey over there. Set her ablaze. That darn monkey. This is what we call a team-up attack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I jump into Landara's open hand to fastball special me. (laughs) Oh, my God. With a lit match. 
<laughs> just flying through the air, covering it with one hand. Protecting it from the wind. <laughs> I think this is also getting to a scrap. God, I wish I could draw. Like, that's. <laughs> I need Monkey Jake just being thrown through the air, defending the flame of a match with his other hand. Uh, that is an 11. Would you like to take the ante or avoid harm? Uh, I'm going to take the ante again. All right. Then I think as you drop this match on your path over her, <laughs> this was a full bottle of whiskey that you're dropping this match on. So it's less of her catching on fire and more of an explosion. Uh, I think you take two points of harm. Okay. I'm going to mark my armor to reduce that by one. Okay. And you skid across the deck as well. And Pepper is screaming in pain and rage. Uh, doing that bizarre crab skitter towards the closest person, which I think now is Jake. Well, I have no idea what she is, so has anybody clocked her yet? I don't know what she can do, but I know that if she feeds, she'll heal way faster, and we got to do a bunch of stuff to kill her at the same time, but basically just incapacitate her, and then we can do it all at once. Okay. I want to try to slash at Pepper Anson with my sword before she can get to Jake. Okay. Let's see you get into a scrap. Nine. And what's your damage again? It is two harm, and uh, it is strange, so it is magic or armor defeating. Uh, so as you lash out, you see more of these wrappings, like, schluff off of her. And every time this happens, every hit you guys get, like, it's less like the clothes that she's wearing and more like a part of her is, is being removed. Um, her very vitality seems to live in both the wrappings around her, and the cloth dangling from the ceiling. And uh, your hit knocks her aside, and she grabs onto the railing, still on fire. The deck is getting a little charred. One of the rails is a little bit alight, um, but she's still standing. Now that you're the closest, she's facing you here, and her eyes just narrow. You see through the flame engulfing her, and very quickly that cloth dangling from the ceiling, lashes down and grabs onto both of your wrists, hauling you up into the air. Oh? And they're starting to pull your arms straight out and you're starting to feel the strain. You feel a pop and you take one point of harm. I would like to take a black mark. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use my new ability, Don't Fear the Reaper. And tell us again what this does. Uh, take a black mark. To mark someone you can see, while they're marked, you can sense where they are, and you take plus one D to violence against them. And then on a seven to nine, uh, but in the meantime, take a minus one to anything that doesn't involve finding and killing them. Nice. Seven. Uh, and so what was the, the, uh, So now I just take a minus one to anything that isn't. One. Yeah. All right. You got your bonus. I assume this is over Pepper. Yes. And Kim. Kim, actually. Yeah. She's yeah. I'm ready. perfectly. Perfect. Got her. <laughs> Sitting duck. Uh, and then what do you do with it? Yeah, I want to fire at her and try to disrupt her uh, attention on Kim. All right. Let's see you get into a scrap. So, and with this plus one D, like it doesn't say take advantage. It Am I rolling three dice and adding that total up or am I rolling three dice and dropping the lowest one? Does it explicitly say... Rolling with advantage or drop the lowest one. It doesn't. It just says take plus one die. I think that we just go with what it says then. Okay. Three. Let's see that 18. Yeah. Jeez. 10. Oh, my God. Wow. A one, a two, and a six. Oh, my God. I I got that one and that two, and I thought, 
This is <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> this is gonna be bad. All right, take the ante or avoid harm. I think I gotta take the ante. All right, so you take your shot and blow a hole clean through her midsection. And for a second, I think most people on deck might assume that this shot made her explode because you blow this hole through her and she comes apart and suddenly there are dozens of shrieking bats that swarm towards you, Landara, shredding into you, biting, clawing, and then wave over you and then fly past you and coalesce again. You take one point of harm, but as these bats coalesce back into what's left of Pepper, she's just laying there on the deck, like eyes unfocused, looking straight up, her remaining arm clawing at the deck as if she's trying to drag herself weakly, but doesn't seem to have anything left. Am I still being slowly torn apart by pieces of cloth? I I think there is a a long moment of that tension still holding you, but then these cloths seem to wilt as her focus also diminishes and you're lowered to the deck. Okay, we got to stake her, behead her, and rip out her fangs. Uh, I look back down at that loose floorboard and just stomp on it extra hard to break it, lift up a stake. Hell yeah. Alba head. Okay. And I will draw both my pistols and aim them at her vampire oh fangs. Oh my god. At least one of you has the ante here, so I don't think a roll is needed that you're able to position everybody and count this down as you all make your strike. Her head both pops off and explodes from two pistol shots. Jake drives the stake into her heart, and it takes moments for her to just turn to ash on the deck. I just envision Jake, like she's on the ground, and Jake stakes her, and she does that thing where like a vampire sits up when they've been staked, and, like, ah! <laughs> and then Kim cuts her head off. The head spirals into air, and Landara draws both guns and shoots the teeth out of, her, <laughs> out of the screaming head. That's what happens. Well, yeah, that's it. That's, that's it now. Whatever dumb shit I said. Don't, <laughs> that's don't like do a that. Romero moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Landara, you are in the mysterious space facing this world's death. Oh. That one seems like it should have counted as three. We had to do it three different ways. It doesn't. I had a feeling you were going to say that. But congratulations, it does count as the first of your 99 souls. Oh, I'll take it. Who's next? A name I think you've recently discovered. Hunt down Credum the Beheader. He is of this world, but he is breaking the rules. And you are back on deck, and it is relatively quiet, besides a little bit of splashing in the water next to the ship on one side, and from the other side, Kima climbs up onto deck. Are you good, Landa? Yeah, I just got the next name. It's good news, though. It's someone we need to deal with anyway. Oh, good. It's that guy who had the demon in him, Kurdum the Beheader. Oh, the Viking. Yeah. Nash's bodyguard. Okay. Well, yeah, good. Like you said, we need to deal with him anyway. How's everyone doing? Uh, I'm okay. I've been better. Uh, I take out my affirmations book. And I, I flip it open to a page and I start writing in it. I thought it was really cool the way you, you sailed through the air. You did a really good job of taking aim and lighting her on fire. You, you're getting really good at that. <laughs> I'm like, thank you? Uh, you know, this book is usually meant for the heat of battle. But I think in a calm situation, we can warrant that not being a roll and getting one health back. Why did that make me feel so much better? 
It's a compliment, damn it. <laughs> she's right. You're very good at flying through the air. Yeah, the way you protected that match. Incredible. <laughs> Stop it. You guys are going to make me cry. Take the compliment. Suddenly you hear a voice from like the rail on the side of the ship, uh, and it's that shoreman that had tried to bite Megan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you back to normal now? Normal, yes. And he's like opening his mouth and tapping his feet. Was hungry, not control. Sorry. Okay, so the moonchild's still locked up. Now we're going to have to bust in there. If we take them back first, obviously that's going to be a red flag for Dorva, right? What the hell is Dorva's deal anyway? Like he doesn't have any more minions, at least not vampire ones. Yeah, I think any of the vampires he's got hanging out with him in that house, turning back to regular people is going to be a pretty good obvious sign that something happened to Pepper Anson, so. I mean, if we've got questions about the Moonchild, it seems like we should go to Dorva. That should be the next step before we deal with Malia. Yeah, let's get all these people out of here and go knock on Dorva's door. Plus, I look at Kima, you and I have a score to settle with Dorva. Yes, yes we do. I cannot accompany you. I hope if we are able to open her lair and mar these runes you showed me, that this will free me. But until then, I must stay. Okay. She gives you a hug. Oh, I hug her back. You know, I, I've i always been aware of other versions of myself in other worlds, but you're the first one that I've ever met. I was not aware of this. Not until I heard you calling, in a way. I am very glad that you are here. Yeah, me too. Oh, hey, before we go, can I have some of your blood? Uh, how much? Uh, not a whole lot. Just, I, I need to put some of it in some ink. Couple of drops, maybe. Yes, of course. Uh, great. And I'll dig in my bag and pull out a vial of ink. I'll flip her my dagger. She uses the dagger, pricks her thumb, drips the blood into the vial, and hands it back to you. Thank you. So, heading out of here towards Dorva's mansion? In a hurry. Yeah, I think we gotta take the ship out to the dock and then from the dock to Dorva's mansion. Okay, so you are able to make your way around. I think on the way you pass, uh, you know, the shoreman that you had left on the beached white rabbit, and they're like looking out across the ocean at this new ship. Yeah. And like, uh, um, and like give you a little confused wave. Yeah, I'll I'll yell out to him. The caves are clear, except don't. There's like a. You'll see your ship. Just don't go past that. Between our crew and the people we saved, who in theory are also sailors, can we get both ships out? Yeah, I think so. It takes some work. Okay. But yeah, absolutely. Let's bring them their ship. I guess. <laughs> I just don't want to send these NPCs. Into the say, den can, of a monster. Can we just You'll be up? fine. Just don't open the magical door. <laughs> Are you doing that first? Oh, no. Probably not. Yeah. Never mind. We're in a hurry. Just hang out on the beach. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back. Don't trust anybody. <laughs> So you're able to get back to the dock and the people you saved are just rushing off to find anyone that they know um, to check in and and just be free. Uh, poor souls. And you guys are just heading straight up to the mansion. Is the red herring still moored here? It is not. Then yes, I suppose so. Yeah, I think we kind of lost the element of surprise when a bunch of Dorva's lieutenants no longer are vampires. So they're going to know <laughs> yeah. something's up. Yeah, and I mean, absolutely. As you are walking up the hill towards the house. Uh, I'm going to scramble over and collect my effects from under that tree. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, no Good. problem. Um, you can see that there's light coming from inside. They aren't, the windows aren't shuttered like they had been. And uh, there are figures looking out. The door bursts open and eight figures come out in light armor with spears. And a ninth steps out of the doorway behind them. Do I recognize Dorva? 
You absolutely do. And they level spears down at you. The man behind the warriors seems confused, a little scared. You've been tricked. Go on. The man you made a deal with, the story we've heard is correct. He came back one additional time after you thought you wouldn't see him anymore. He made some changes to what you're doing that are going to hurt your world and benefit him. I know he came back. We cut a new deal. He will stick to the deal. Look, I don't know what the new deal was. I know that he's not going to keep it. So help us, and maybe you don't die, and maybe your world doesn't die. Or don't, and your days are numbered. Even if you are correct, he has my people. I will do anything to keep them safe. Well, not all your people safe. Hi, Dorva. He narrows his eyes looking at you. It cannot be. You are like the other families. You have made yourself landborn? No, I'm Akima from another world. She's alive. He is entirely perplexed. No, no, it, is she really alive? Yeah. And you all defeated Pepper? Yeah. Even so, the fate of thousands is in my hands, and we are almost done. He has your people trapped where? On the island with the storm? Yes. So why don't you fight to free them? Freeing them from that place does not free them from the evil that spreads here. He has promised and he has shown me that he can siphon this evil. If he can weaken it, my people will be free. We can escape. You said you made a new deal. What was the original one? It was much the same, but before it was using my people, using their fear to power his creation. He promised in this new deal that if we were to have them all together, he could siphon it faster. Fear is an easy thing to give. I only had to sacrifice a few lives to save my civilization, so I tricked them into grouping together to being trapped in that place. A few dissented, and he looks at Kim, a necessary sacrifice to get my people away from this spreading evil. I pay it gladly. Our sorcerers left. They left for the continent to help the landborn. They shifted their shapes. Even Kima's family. All of them. The Durins, the Pacts, and the Daltons. Kima was the only sorceress left. So you expect me to take your word against my people's near freedom? Though I think it matters not. Our shrouded beast is gone. If you can kill her, these eight soldiers will not be able to do you in. And he gestures for them to lower their spears. And they step back. So do what you will with me. But you have killed my people. Oh, I want to use my death's chosen to learn dark knowledge. All right. What are you hoping for? Um, This guy's missing something. Like, there's part of the story he doesn't understand. And what's being done here revolves around fear and people dying and this fear of death. So I feel like there might be a piece of information that death would have so that Dorva is getting the proper answer on this equation. Because right now he, he's missing a step and we can't convince him otherwise unless we actually know what it is. Yes, I think you get this instantly that you understand what was used to trick him. The, the step that's technically missing is that Nash sold him on speeding up this process in a very specific way just by making some sacrifices. But what Nash didn't make clear to him is that time moves differently in both of these worlds. So Nash made the deal based on this shift in time, didn't explain how it worked, knowing that it's going to doom Dorva's people in this world for a very long time, even though time moves much more quickly in his. So he like, Nash 
shaved two days off of the ritual for him and cut off two centuries in this world, but it's still whatever. Like centuries and centuries, yeah. yeah. Like he took off time, but it's... A drop in the bucket. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still like lifetimes. Yeah, exactly right. Like the spell you guys are using to be here is the only thing keeping them linear for you, but that doesn't mean that that's how it works in general. Yeah, and it's only linear right now. Right. Time, it doesn't work the same in all worlds. It moves faster in some, slower in others. Can I show you something? He gives a small nod. I'm going to walk up towards his house and reach in my bag and take out my silver doorknob and put it in his front door. Okay. And open the door into the inn that wanders. And because I know that there seems to be a huge conversion here, I literally want to walk him through, close the door, and instantly open the door and walk him back out so that it's seconds at most. Okay. So... The rest of you watch them go in, the door shut. Landara, from your perspective, it's a fraction of a second as you open the door again. And it's early morning in Whistler's Cove. The eight guards are sitting around on the ground outside of the door. Your friends are also sitting a little further back on the path. They've killed us (laughs) for capturing their leader. It was a trick. Like, she kidnapped our leader. Uh, but yeah, they, they stand quickly checking on Dorva, and he's like looking around. Is this is this the same morning? It's been a couple hours. And he like looks at the ground thinking. He's, he's clearly doing the math and looks up at Landara. The world that he comes from, is it like this? Almost exactly. He wilts his face, going pale for a seaborn. That iridescence seems to fade. He looks torn. Landara, roll a parley for me here. Now that you have, let's say, an interested party in what you're selling here. (laughs) I'd give you a plus one for that little maneuver as well. Okay. Six. Uh, Can I help out? Yes. Uh, What are you doing? Uh, I am talking to Dorva. Listen, I know that this is a lot to take in right now, but speaking from personal experience, I come from a world that Nash destroyed as fuel. He doesn't care about anything but himself. He doesn't care about anything but death. He's very, very still. Landara, that gives you a seven. You watch him contemplate your words, and he looks at each of you slowly, one at a time. I ask only this to gain my support and my assistance. Let me live, not out of mercy. I know I don't deserve it. Let me live only long enough to make up for what I've done, to let my people judge me. I think I turn and look at the other three. I can promise that I won't kill you, but I think you owe Kima a conversation, and I can't speak for her. He nods. Have you dealt with the moon child? No. Well, sort of. That's another, we know one, a version of her. So we want to know exactly how she is, why she is, what she's been through, because we were figuring she might just also be a victim in all of this. She is. It was theorized that if Pepper were to turn her into one of these beasts of the night, as well as what she could already do, that she would become this incredible beast of great power, something for Nash to siphon in these spells. We were right, but not the way that we thought. She could not be fully turned. When Pepper tried to bestow her gift, it would only cause the young girl to transform, become feral and wild, strong beyond imagining. But after a day or two... She would simply turn back and her mind would return to her. So we must keep her fed, 
and Peppa had to continue to bestow the gift every few days. That kept her strong. That was the fuel for this spell. So maybe if we let this effect clear from her mind and she turns back into herself, we don't have to deal with her per se at all. We just can rescue her. Just so. Is it possible she also already turned back? If she has not fed last night as she was supposed to, less than a day and she will be herself again. Plus Pepper's dead. Everybody else just turned back. Do you know how to open it? Yes. We could send her back to Siobhan. Let's go get her. A few hours later, you're standing back in the caves. There is what looks like a cave-in in front of you, but looking close, you can see that there are small runes etched on particular stones facing out. Dorva holds up his hands, making a few gestures and toning a few words, and all of these rocks seem to spread, making a doorway. He looks in, glances around for a second, and steps aside. She will not want to see me. I'll walk in. Malia? You hear a gasp and quick footsteps. Out of the darkness, this small form, like maybe a 16-year-old girl, rushes up to you. Megan? Yeah, hi, how are you How are you feeling? I'm, I'm really weak. Okay, we need to get these uh, runes marred so we can get her out of here. I will hold out my hand for a knife from Kim. I'll flip it to him. I'll scramble up the walls and find some of those that were described and start carving them up. And you take them out. And as soon as you do, there's this pop of, of a release of pressure. That magical energy dissipates. And Malia walks through the door and just bursts into tears. Yeah, I just, I give her a hug and I help support her weight. I know, it's okay. We're going to get you back. We're going to take you back to Siobhan. It's all right. We thought you were dead. I know. We can talk when we're on the way back, but let's just get you out of this cave right now, okay? As you make your way out of the cave, Kima also joins you on the ship and smiles as the ship makes its way out of the cavern. She sighs with relief. I am very, very glad that you heard my cries. I'm glad you got out. Uh, I did not kill Dorva for you. I'm sorry about that, but uh, you're more than welcome to. After you've heard what he has to say. She slowly shakes her head. No, my people will judge him. Okay. You all make your way back to the docks of Whistler's Cove with now two freed prisoners on your way to decide what to do next. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. One foot after another. That's all I can do. That's all any of us can do. I was remote ops in the war. 
neural implants let me control trucks, drones, whatever you got. Now I'm back and all these government-issued prosthetics are falling apart. What the hell are you doing in my barn? I'm just looking for a little power, and then I'll be on my way. That'll be Arlen Frey. He must have seen you on the drone feeds. Who is he? The meanest son of a bitch with a badge. Broken Road. A dystopian audio drama coming Monday, July 25th, 2022 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you like to listen. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Broken Road Pod. Learn more at www.recursor.tv forward slash Broken Road. <laughs>